double fist that naked? That's how we do it at Geekly. That's why God gave me big hands. Hi, hi, Josh. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Um, so, hi. Hi. How we doing? We're going to just keep it going like this through the whole thing. I feel like, Call and response the whole time. I mean, I feel as long as you guys all know your side of the script, we'll be pretty good. You got that, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so for, for those of you who may not know, of which there may be several, um, I, I'm Adam. And I am Sayer. No, you're not. <laughs> I know for a fact you're a goddamn liar. Um, I'm Ashley Shadowbrook. Yay! I'm Mika. Um, so we're gonna do a we're gonna do a Q and A, which is where we take Qs and we um, turn them into As. <laughs> I felt long and hard about that one. Thank you for laughing politely. <laughs> um, so we have a um, a mic at the end of the catwalk. Um, I, I really wanted it to be on this side of the catwalk so people could strut their stuff. And then we could tell you to sashay away. We cannot afford to have any of you fall. Please do. Right, so Not this why, year. Liability issues. A waiver. Um, so it's on, it's on that side. Of the, we have a bunch of questions in case you're all cowards, which you may be. Hiding in the dark know. as you are. Um, so, but if anybody feels like they have a, a question they would like to ask, you can always feel free to form a line, I suppose. And uh, we'll, we'll get to that whenever you're there. So. Just stand there in the dark for a while. Eventually, we'll pick on you. Right. Um, so I, I guess we could start with um, like the, the question that I thought was kind of fundamental in this was why we decided to start doing Sayer. That's important, right? Yeah. That's what was a good the question. what was the inspiration? What was our muse? Um, so, Ashley, wh wh why did we start it? Well, originally, Adam showed up in my G chat and said, "Hey, I have this really cool idea for a fiasco uh, setup." Yeah. And that's what it started as. And I then forgot about didn't, that. Didn't hear anything about it for a while, and he comes back and he's like, "I think I have an idea for a podcast." I'm glad I asked you because I forgot all of this. <laughs> Don't even know our history. I don't know. My God. I don't know what I did yesterday. Do you remember the first day we put on an episode? You don't remember our anniversary? Oh my God. I, sorry. <laughs> Anyways, Adam came to us with this idea and he was like, you know, I, I think it'd be a really cool thing. And he was talking about it and he decided to put out a call to various people to write for him. And it just so happened that we uh, all did some really nice pieces for him. He had intended to pick one person, right? It was Jonah, Nika, and I had all submitted Yeah, that was pieces. the plan. Like, my original idea was I wanted to do something that was pretty short, right? 20 minutes. That yeah, a short little 20-minute show that it's you can forget to, about. Yeah, it, forget about it. didn't work. Um, but, and so I thought I would need one other person to write it with me, realistically, to be able to do it continuously. And it didn't happen to, to turn out that way, which is great because then it's less, I guess, less work for me. For those of you who are unfamiliar with Sayer, we also do have one other writer who could not be here with us tonight, Jonah Gregory. He's at Spambot on Twitter. He's a cool douche. Follow him. Mm -hmm. Hey, Jonah. Um, so something we did last week that we had a lot of questions about um, was the ARG. And then we did an, uh, like an alternate reality thing where we started putting messages in. 
um, to a lot of the episodes. And we had a lot of questions revolving around that. Um, I'm going to get into them now because I want Tim to stand there for as long as humanly possible. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> uh, so uh, John Caulfield, news. Hot, hot European nudes. Um, he asked if we expected the community to get as far as they did in solving the ARG. Are you going to answer that honestly? I will answer it honestly. Okay. I expected them to get farther. You are all failures. Um, the, 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 I mean, the follow-up question was what was going to happen if, if people solved the ARG that we had put together. Um, and we had written an episode that took place on floor 13. Our forbidden uh, floor. Yeah, the one that you don't go to. Um, and so that was the goal, um, was to get people to, to, to connect that. Um, and if you go through, like, there's a lot of clues for floor 13. Like, we did a lot of, um, our ciphers were all, like, based on the number 13. And I think even, John, I think your message that you got for your, uh, your Patreon message, if you take the first letters of what that message says, it says floor 13 on like the first, like, we spent way, way too much way time too putting much in the, just the teeniest little clues that no one would ever get. If yeah. I, we just spent like, oh my God, is this, is this too obvious? Are we going to be too, this is going to be too much. This yeah. is going to be too much. We got to take this out. No. But I mean, the, it was, a, it was a tricky thing to do. Um, and the whole goal behind the whole thing was to get community togetherness like to get everybody in the community to start communicating with each other which i think worked i think we frustrated them enough to bring them together yeah i agree um and so that's why in the end the only way to solve it was if the if everybody who had these patreon messages shared with each other um the letters that were in their ids all together it spelled out a name that would then unlock it if they if they left a message with it so um they were they were pretty darn close, you know. We we set a I guess a pretty time close. close, and yeah, if we had extended the time limit, I think they would have gotten it. Right, and so time uh, is money, people. Come on. <laughs> uh, okay, Tim, Tim, let's hear it. Hey, big fan. Um, <laughs> can you like? Oh, Jesus Christ! Uh, can you talk a little bit on? Two things. One, like how you developed the Sayer character and what the early version of that looked like and maybe some of like what was, you know, left out, like an earlier iteration of what Sayer was that didn't really make it. Well, it doesn't look like anything, Tim. It's a I didn't mean that. <laughs> you know that that's not what I mean. You understand how audio works, right? Tim? That's not, you know, that's not. not. <laughs> no, it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful question. Um, we got everything right the first time, so we didn't have to change a goddamn thing. Um, no, I don't think there was a whole lot different. I mean, it changed a lot when we got auditioned because there's different effects that we were able to do. So I think if you listen to the first handful of episodes, they sound a little different. Um, they're still great episodes. We're not saying bad things about the first handful of episodes. You that we still listen to them. Definitely right? listen to the first few episodes. Um, but no. I, I, we didn't change it, I don't think, a whole heck of a lot. I think the biggest difference is what Sayer was for each of us. Because it, it really, Sayer really, when we first started, used to vary between scripts. I mean, 
There used to have to be some horrible, horrible things we would have to cut out of mine, and yours, we would have to make him less nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My sailor was always very polite. Very kawaii. But then, like, he'd try to kill them in the end or something. Yeah. So, that was you know, kawaii AI. There was, I literally cut out of Nika's first script that she, like, had him, like, setting out the resident's clothing for him. <laughs> like, yo, it's all set out and prepared for him. Like, no. It was his first day of work. So funny. Sayer likes to coddle the people, maybe. I don't know that you've ever (laughs) listened to our show before. (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) Kim, step on up. All right. One of my favorite things about Sayer is some of the references that you draw in, like Shakespeare and tales from like the Brothers Grimm, which is fascinating for a sci-fi show. So for each of you, what are some of your greatest sort of influences when you write your stories? Anything that we don't have to pay royalties to. Yeah! <laughs> um, it's, for me, um, Twilight Zone is definitely something I tend to draw from a lot, just the way that they pace a story. Um, and I think if, if you listen to the episodes that I've written, there's a very, I guess, predictable point at which something that has seemed um, almost benign up to a point turns not benign malignant i suppose is the word for it um and so that's a very i guess that's a very um twilight zoney type of thing so i always think of my sayer as being this like russian revolutionary (laughs) and so everything is very like communist and this like socialist kind of you all band together or you die um, so yeah, that like nineteen 19- his favorite outside media. Nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties Russia really just gets me. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what I try to think of in my head. Like that's the scenario that goes through. Yeah, I think that's a good answer. Do I have to answer too? Yeah. All right. Well, anything that creeped me out as a kid, like especially fairy tales, big time. <laughs> Yeah, I think the one thing that was interesting is when we started, I, I tried to find things that were as creepy, like just naturally creepy things, things that people would just naturally be opposed to. And now I almost try to do the opposite. I try to find things that are not creepy, things that are just doors, you know, and then <laughs> turn it creepy, trying to make it into something that's unnerving in some way, shape or form. I think that's a, a little bit of an evolution, I guess, in the way we've written it. Y'all made punted plants creepy. I mean, come on. <laughs> that was Rose Jonah. Elf was creepy before yeah. we even got a hold of it. Yeah. Jonah did a, well, did a really nice job with that. Thank you, Kim. <laughs> Hi, Mikey. Hello, guys. How are you doing, buddy? Uh, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> this, is a, this is a callback to an episode that's... It was maybe maybe a year old, uh, but I think the first time that I actively had to like stop listening to an episode was the one where we talked about like removing like bits of your body in order to like oh, yeah. I don't remember pound, it was like to make weight yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah, pound of flesh. Yeah, and the question is like I don't feel like you had to like when you I don't I'm not sure who wrote that story. Do you remember? That was me. That was you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so do you? Did you start at, like, writing a pound of flesh, which I hope not, like, you know, like, start at that level of creepiness? Or did you start above it, tone it down, or, <laughs> or start start below it and have to, like, creep it up a little bit? Um, I started 
I, I knew what was happening when I started that episode. Um, that was a that that was a that was a like the first time we really tried to do an arc. Yeah. yeah was, and that was, I think, the most we had ever really worked together on on any scripts was trying to figure out how that arc was going to go. And that was kind of like the end of the first season. And, you know, we had laid in a lot of, I guess, um, a, a lot of a lot of ways that, that it was kind of pushing in that direction. And it was um, that the resident had to continually buy in more and more and more. Um, over the course of two or three episodes, they just had to keep taking the next step forward towards, you know, whatever it was. And it was, it was this feeling that a sunk cost is continuing to build where you can't stop. You have to keep going and then putting this entirely terrifying like concept in front of them and just not giving them any other options. So we knew going in, I think that, that, that we were going there with it. Um, Silence your fucking phone. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's it. So it, it did start that creepy. Yeah, it started right there. <laughs> Thanks, Mikey. Oh, we got another one coming out of the shadows. This is nice and creepy for yeah. us. Uh, you said in the past that the Cthulhu and Friends crossover wasn't canonical. Do you have any? Are you intending to take that further? Um, so when we did the, the Cthulhu and Friends, um, crossover thing, it was just, you know, we had a couple of podcasts that just really liked each other's shit, right? So, I mean, yeah. like, I love what they do on Cthulhu and Friends. <laughs> you too, buddy. Um, it's like, it's my favorite podcast. And uh, it's, it's, Thanks, you know, Ron. I like to. <laughs> it's still my favorite podcast. Um, and. Uh, so it, it's, it was nice. We were kind of all up in each other's butts for a while. And so, um, I wanted to, to do some nods to Cthulhu and Friends with some of the episodes that, that we were writing. And then, um, Veronica asked me to do a few lines, uh, in the hotel room before we got here, which is why I'm just like wired. No, uh, record a few lines, I should say. Um, record a few lines for, for their show. And so, you know, it's, um, you know, it, it, anything that happens off of our show, I don't really consider canonical. It's not like it breaks anything that, that it's out there in that other world, but, you know, it was fun. So there's no, there's no real ties, and we have no intentions of taking that any further. Sorry, babe. <laughs> She's been asking literally every day. Oh, God, she keeps begging. She just Someone's keeps saying, just... I had to create my own AI. It's like, you know. <laughs> yes, James. What is your guys' favorite uh, memory of the show or thing that has happened on it? You mean personally or in the show? Like in the show. Okay. <laughs> um. Let's start with Nika, who's listened to every episode. <laughs> Shut your mouth. I was going to say, I actually really, I used to listen to the podcast whenever I would go running on trails. That's and, a horrible idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was real fucking God. Um, I listened to the episode that Bash wrote with, um, I don't remember what it's called now, but it's a guy and he's traveling and it's like about being stuck in time. Oh, yeah. The, that was episode six, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, like, it was a really early one. But I just remember listening to that and I it got to a point and I just stopped running and I stood there for like five minutes and listened to it. And I'm like, this is good shit. Like, <laughs> Yeah. We had a question about that one. That was why is episode six, the best thing ever? 
time you can't you can't write questions. <laughs> I wish I'd have been told the rules of this before we started. Um, I think my favorite was um, I was in. <laughs> I was sitting in the library parking lot at night and we were testing out things for the ARG and there was a Google phone number. And so if you called it, if they had worked out the numbers and they called it, then this creepy thing would be said to them. And I was, I was like, all right, test it out. Try this number. Try this number. I was like, okay, fine. So I'm sitting in a dark, empty parking lot at night. And so I call this number, and I don't even remember if it was the thing that ended up being on the number, but yeah, it, was it was creepy. And it was really and, quiet, so you had to, like, turn up your volume. Yeah, like, so I had my volume turned up, cranked through my car speakers, and I turned it all the way up because I'm like, I can't hear what they're saying. Oh, my God. And that, that was a good moment. I, I think it was a good moment in our yeah, friendship. Yeah, G-chats that came up were like, Jesus, fucking crazy. Well, you know, that was probably my favorite moment, too. <laughs> Do you have a favorite moment? Yeah, that, was, that, was really my, that was that was it. it. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Hey, Brad. What are each of your worst Google search terms? <laughs> oh. <laughs> that is the best question. Um, should I start or should I end? Um, well, some of mine have been cut out of episodes because they were too bad. Like, it was like a rejected idea because it was that Ugh. So I'm just gonna leave mine alone. Uh, Nika, what are your worst search terms? Uh, oh. Yeah, but that's just par for the course for you. Everybody expects that. I got a reputation to uphold, my friend. I don't. I don't know. Again, if you mean personally or in the show, because <laughs> I have probably on some watch list. <laughs> For the show, I don't think I've ever really Googled anything too terribly because I always, like, get these random ideas in my head and I'm like, that'd be fucked up. And <laughs> um, kind of write that way. But, I don't know, there's this thing that's whenever you're afraid of um, whores. And if you Google it, it's nothing but pictures of, like, weird sponges. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it is gross. <laughs> I've looked up some really terrible shit, too, but that's the worst I'm willing to admit. I think we are genuinely probably on a couple watch lists. I know I'm on watch lists. For the various ways that we have to try and destroy bodies. And, like, I have, I have a friend who's a nurse, so I always text her. I'm like, all right, so if I wanted to horribly injure him but not kill him, how much can I do? Let me give you this scenario. And so she goes through and she tells me like how much I could do before he'd probably kick the bucket. <laughs> so I like to try and keep them alive. I had to Google how deep into or how much skin you can remove before you die. Like how deep you can cut into someone's and, and take skin off them before they would die. That was, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I think That's I think not it was really a, something that you log away. I don't yeah, I didn't yeah. I didn't store that information for future use. I also had to google how much how much per cubic inch flesh weighs. Yeah. I I, just I didn't Kenny. I didn't yeah. He just knew it. I actually <laughs> It's not us you have to I couldn't about. I couldn't find the information. Yeah. I I used water. I just assumed we're mostly water, so I just used the weight for water. Hmm. The math tends to work out on the show. It's very important to me. 
I see another person lingering in the darkness. Come, Come linger no more. Cody. Hi, Cody. I was in flight before. Um, question is, I know there's a lot to talk about. Psychological torture. <laughs> oh, yes. We all love psychological that torture. I was going, yeah. but I'm glad it did. Okay. okay. Divorce, so, you know, it's going through the motions. I, but what I was wondering is, what would your advice be on tr trying to create, maybe, like, if you're trying to create another AI, like Sayer, what was your advice to make it creepier? Or what would you be your I'm sorry, are you trying to steal my shit? Yeah, you can't make another one of these, bro. <laughs> what, what would be your three, ro three rules of robotics of the previous AI? Oh, jeez. Um, so something that it's always been super important to me, and I don't know that we've really ever talked about it before, um, is that Sayer is always honest. That's, that's paramount to me is that he doesn't lie. He doesn't tell well, the truth, like all of the truth. Um, he always misleads, but he never outright lies. He's incapable. Of I think it's much creepier. It, I mean, it's not creepy if somebody lies to you and then throws you out a fucking airlock. That's not creepy. Like... It's creepy if you're led into something thinking it's one thing and then finding out it's not only another thing, but you were told it was this other thing and you just didn't realize it because you weren't smart enough. Um, so I don't know if I have three rules, but. Well, that could be rule number one. Rule number one. I think the second rule would be for the creepiest robot is that it always has to rely on mathematical values and not emotional values. So it is always for what. The, the good of the company is entirely what Sayer is based on. Efficiency it's all about efficiency. Yeah. So, mathematically, every decision of his has to be sound. I think, unassuming, like it's just so, it, it kind of goes off what Adam's saying, and I kind of think it plays on both of those, is that it's not something that you're like, oh, okay, well, logically, what's going to happen is I'm going to get thrown out of the airlock or something. It's just this kind of... He has to be trustworthy. Right. That's the creepiest well, thing. Yeah, and, like, that's the way that we write these is that the residents, they they talk to Sarah. They, they interact with Sarah. So it is something that you trust. So, you know, if someone came up to me and said, hey, let's go for a car ride, I'd be like, okay, yeah, let's go get a McDonald's. And then if you go murder me in the parking lot, like, you didn't lie to me. But it's just that trust is there. Honest, I'm, efficient, and likable. Those yeah. are the scariest yeah. things you can have. That's also a psychopath. I, so. <laughs> I, I, I have a personal, like, one of my favorite point, things that happens is anytime he's apologetic. And I said he, I don't know why. I usually refer to it just as it. But anytime Sayer is apologetic, af, like, just passingly apologetic for the fact that, I'm sorry you're dying. Like, that's, there's something so creepy about that to me, so... Hi, Mike Lane. You didn't have to dress up just to ask me a question. Well, you know, Adam, I I, I had to. Yeah, I know. Big I fan, big fan. Um, so, obviously, you know, Moon Cops came to an end. Oh, Moon Cops. I loved it. Are we ever going to see Aristeus again? Um, I would never say never. We had an interesting uh, an interesting question about Moon Cops and just in the, the, like, the concept of was Moon Cops something that came, like, further down the line from the main storyline because i had said it was going to be canonical um, and it is um and something we never really got into because i had to um kind of cut it short it just was not enough time in my day the um like moon cops was a prequel to the stuff that happens in the main storyline so there was a question about like are we ever going to see the rail gun that you guys built in the main episodes and 
it, we already have. Like it was in, um, I think it was questions or something like that. The one that say, yeah, something where the one where Sayer asked, like, was asked a bunch of like common questions, and he just answered oh, them. Like, there was one, there was one part in there where they started talking about like a new weapon that had been developed by Aerolith R and D, and it was the weapon that the Moon Cops built that was this like portable mounted railgun thing. So, so yeah, it, it it's it's canonical, and it's not after what's happening on the show; it's actually before. So, so Aerostase could come back. Yes. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. All right, we got probably time for one more. I think we got about four minutes before we're getting oh, kicked off the stage. Ariel. Ariel. Save the best for last. <laughs> That's my roommate, everybody. Yeah. She's awesome. <laughs> so if you guys were anywhere on Typhon, um, what jobs would you like to have? And what jobs do you think you would actually get? I'd like to be in a body bag. I don't want to be anywhere on Typhon alive. Yeah, no, that's definitely not fucking R and D. Yeah, no, fuck that shit. Um, can 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 I be in the orbital satellite? Because Mimir Nine yeah. is like at least off-site enough, and the HR that's is housed out of there, and that. I think is. I think we could be in human resources. Most people yeah, don't yeah. die from being in a satellite. We like, get the application. Most. Approved. Most. That's what we want to do. Yeah, yeah that's really. I think we could be paper pushers on Python, but yeah. anything other than that. Yeah. I would be dead in three in three days. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And that's 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 being generous to myself. I mean, if Sayer didn't lay my clothes out, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think we're... Are we done? How we doing for time, Hiroshi? All right, we gotta go. We gotta cut this short. They asked us They asked us how reproduction works on Typhon, but we just don't have oh, time to talk about time, huh? about whether or not children exist on our planet. Maybe but, next year. Maybe next year. Um, so thank you, everybody, for coming out. We really appreciate it. Thank you for... That's it. Okay. Uh,